And I felt the power of that in our own family. And then since then, I've seen and read the research backing up what I had already experienced that we, our families literally become stronger as we recall and retell our memories and our experiences together. Welcome to the Life Story Coach Podcast, where you'll hear interviews, tips, and advice on the craft and business of personal history and life story writing with your host, Amy Woods Butler. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode 25 of the Life Story Coach Podcast. In today's show, we're talking to Hilary Robeson. She and her husband help others record their personal and their family histories with Legacy Tale. And we're going to talk a lot about their company and what kind of services they offer. But one of the best parts about this conversation for me was just getting inspired about my own family history. She talks about how we can be intentional in creating memories with our family and with our relatives. Um, I like how she brings this focus of intentionality on family experiences. So you're going to hear her talk about how a strategic planning session can help with that and how it focused um, her family and the vision that they had of themselves. And it even led to a two month stay in Europe. And if you head over to the podcast um, episode on the lifestorycoach.com, Again, it's episode 25. You'll see some photos of them on their trip. She also talks about some tools that make all of this much simpler than it used to be in the past, including Google Photos. And if you're like me, if, well, hopefully you're not like me. Hopefully you've all discovered Google Photos already because I didn't know anything about it before I started talking to her. And it's pretty much floored me, all of the things that you, you can do with it. So it's not just a repository for storing photos, but it has some really incredible search capabilities. So without tagging photos, it allows you to find them really, really easily. And the best part is it's free. Let's jump into the interview. I hope you enjoy it. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is getting to listen to all of the really creative ideas people bring to their legacy businesses. Um, creative ways of recording and saving and sharing clients' life stories, things that I would have never thought of on my own. And today is no different because we have a special guest who not only helps others record their stories, but she's got some wonderful thoughts um, about creating memories of fostering experiences that lead to the memories that we hold dear within our families. Today, Hillary Robeson from Legacy Tale is joining us. Hillary, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Amy. Well, I heard you tell a story about an older couple who approached you to help them write their life story. And I guess that was what officially kicked off your career as a life story professional. But you also say that your interest in saving stories really began when you became a mother. Um, and I thought maybe we could start with you talking a little bit about that, about being the, the keeper of memories, because every family has one or needs to have one. And it sounds like that's what you are for your family. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, Amy, but I find that in that sort of, you know, motherhood and memory keeping go hand in hand, right? When we're, when we're younger, we, we're a bit oblivious to the value of the experiences while we're in the middle of them. And for me, when I became a mother, I just really desperately wanted to freeze time with each of my children at each of their stages. And I realized that, you know, immediately that was not possible. But I began to learn to embrace each new stage as I documented and recorded 
the memories and the moments and the experiences that we had together. And that really more intentional about making memories too, would have those times to treasure. And I saw through my own life and our own family that as we were strategic about the way we spent our time together um, and then documented all of that, it built additional opportunities to strengthen our relationships because as we looked back on those memories, whether they were written or whether they were photos, right, that was another then experience that we treasured. Um, And I felt the power of that in our own family. And then since then, I've seen and read the research backing up what I had already experienced that we, our families literally become stronger as we recall and retell our memories and our experiences together. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember this was probably back when I was in high school, my dad. So, you know, I'm 51 now. This was way before cell phones. This was way before social media. This was before people were taking pictures at every, you know, every given moment. Um, And I remember my dad saying something about how in my generation, so me as a teenager at that point, how it was such a shame that we would go and have... um, these really great experiences. So go out with our friends and have some, you know, something really fun or some really great experience and then go on to the next one immediately without really talking about it. And what his point was that the way he grew up, um, and I'm talking more about his friends, I think, not necessarily his family, but it, but it can fit either way, that they would go out and they'd have an adventure and then they would talk about it. You know, they would rehash it. They would bring it up, you know, time and time again. And it seems to me that the speed of life has picked up. And so we do go very quickly from one thing to the next without taking that time to reflect on the experiences that we just had. And I love the idea of your um, of you bringing intentionality. So not just snapping the pictures, but actually um, creating this sense of intention in, in fostering the experiences that will be really significant family memories or just even fun family memories. Um, And can you talk a little bit about that, about how you actually do that within your family? Absolutely. So one of the things, um, as I really began to be strategic about this, that we did a few years ago was we said, you know, um, memories are important to me and to my husband. And, um, you know, we used to do a lot of camping together as a family and we would do things to, to spend time together and and document those from the time the kids were babies um our kids now are 13 and almost 10 in a few weeks um but they as they got a little bit older i started to realize you know what i want kind of a a, a roadmap a, a, almost a strategic plan if i go back to my corporate days right for our family that includes not just my input and my husband's but our kids too about you know, who we want to be is if what's our vision for our family and how do we achieve that? And a big piece of that was what kinds of experiences we wanted to have together because we know our experiences shape who we become, right? So who do we want to become as individuals and as a family and and what experiences do we need to have? Do we need to give our children during those limited years that they're in our home so that um, they're able to achieve what they want to as well as perhaps partially what we want them to? And so we actually sat down as a family and had what I called a, a family planning retreat. I actually have a, a template and plan for it, um, you know, online for free if anyone's interested in doing a, a similar process with their family. But we sat down and we 
we address some of these questions together, right? Um, what do we want our family life to look like and what are priorities to us and how does that translate into how we spend our time? And that actually ended up giving us a bit of a roadmap of experiences we wanted to have together and places we wanted to travel as a family. And we've slowly been kind of checking those off of our family bucket list over the last few years since we did that. Um, and, and interestingly, our life has, has changed significantly since then. And a lot of it is due to that, that strategic planning session we had as a family. That's really fascinating. I've never heard of, I've, I've never heard of that approach to family life and I love it. And I think it's probably, um, it's, it's such a fantastic idea because so much of what we do, especially as mothers, you know, when our kids are younger, it feels very reactive. You know, you're, you're putting out fires and you're just, you know, trying to keep your head above the water a lot of the time. So what you did was create a space where instead of just reacting to life, you could actually be forging the way that you wanted it to go to an extent. Um, That's exactly right, Amy. One of the things that I saw, um, I'm a little bit of an older mom. So I, a lot of the people my age, um, you know, started having kids graduating from high school and, and things a few years ago. And I, and I saw it in my own family too, when um, my siblings were graduating from high school and whatnot, but you hear people say, Oh, where did the time go? Right. Where we hear that all the time. And we say that too, where did the time go? And I wish I would have done this or, you know, I always thought I had time to do X, but we didn't. And I thought, you know, I would see that and I would hear that and I would say, you know what, I don't know if I can avoid that entirely, but I'd sure like to minimize those regrets. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I don't want to look back when the kids are leaving home and say, oh my goodness, what did I do with that time? Um, So it's been really neat. Not that we're able to accomplish everything we want to. There are real life constraints, of course, that that limit us sometimes. Um, But it's, it's actually really, I feel incredibly blessed to be able to look back and say, you know what, we have been able to do some of those things because really what it does, Amy, is it just, it just shifts your priorities, right? Um, and so instead of thinking, oh, there's not enough money or time or, or energy to do this, you shift and you say, you know what, that is what we decided is most important. So that means we need to let some other things go and make this happen. Um, for example, we we spent a couple of months in Europe last summer as a family, which you know I never thought would be possible, but we made it a priority. It was on our bucket list to have experiences in ancient Rome. Well, it's not ancient anymore, but relive what we had studied about ancient Rome in modern Rome together as a family. I mentioned, you know, our family's been through a lot of transition driven by this process and, and it included a cross country move. Um, and so in the middle of that, we sold our, our home in Nevada. And before we resettled, instead of paying a mortgage, we decided to pay Airbnb for a few months. And, uh, and travel during that time. And, and we did make incredible memories and we checked those things off of our, of our list and um, really acted on that plan that we had set for our family. Well, I, I'd like to hear you talk a little bit more about how those experiences, how you help them translate into, you said that you document things and how you're translating them into memories that can then be told and retold. And one thing that I think is really interesting is, you know, the the majority of the people that I work with are older. Mm-hmm. And I hear almost every single time um, the adult children tell me, well, I've never heard that story before. You know, <laughs> so there's always something 
new that they're hearing about. And, you know, this is sometimes coming from people who, you know, tell me that they've heard the same stories over and over again their whole life. But then when you sit down and um, intentionally talk about somebody and their life and their experiences, the stories come out that, you know, maybe they haven't ever told, or maybe they haven't told in years. But what you're doing is actually getting your your whole family, it sounds like, to talk about stories um, when they're fresh and, you know, your kids are young. So they're starting to appreciate their their own family stories. And I assume also the stories of the older generation in your family. That's right, Amy. So, you know, honestly, my work with my own family, I'm better at documenting more current things. Um, although we do work in some of the, the older stories and my kids, um, you know, every year interview their grandparents and we try to incorporate um, those stories they capture through that into our family history and whatnot. Um, but one of the things that we've been able to do is as we're going through, so for example, you know, last summer as we're traveling through Europe, um, we are having all these wonderful experiences, but we're having some not so wonderful experiences as well too, right? Um, right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, two months of being together 24 seven and, you know, um, just, just travel and international travel and, and the challenges. And so we had, you know, some, some moments that were uh, not glorious, and those are almost even more fun looking back to document. And, um, you know, I was, I wrote at length, you know, on train rides, I'd plot my laptop and, and basically keep a journal of that trip. And of course we all took lots of pictures and everybody, can, you know, we use, um, Google photos. So all of our photos are automatically shared with each other and we can curate them on the go. That's one of my favorite tips and tools that we promote all the time is use Google photos because it, it makes your life so much easier. Um, so you're sort of curating all of that on the go. And, you know, then at the end of the day, I make a, a book um, that incorporates the photos as well as the, the journaling. And then we, you know, we, that sits out, right? We, I try to keep those things sitting out. So um, the kids or I will pick it up and thumb through and, oh, remember when, you know, remember when um, dad was so grumpy on that train ride and we were so crowded and sitting on top of each other and none of us would even look at each other because we were so mad in Italy, you know, and um, right. Those are almost as fun as, wow. Um, I remember being on dad's shoulders, looking at the Coliseum and the scope and the size and the magnitude and the historic significance of that place was beyond what any pictures could ever capture. But the picture prompts us of, of being there and in that moment. So our, our bonds are strengthened as we, you know, pull up those pictures. And honestly, just one picture can prompt everything else. You don't have to see a picture um, of everything else. It just, it, it feeds and builds on as we share those experiences. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that this is happening with your children at their tender young ages. And it, they're not waiting, they're not having to wait until you and your husband are in your 80s. And then they're you know, getting all of this family stories then because they have never heard them before. So uh, that's, I, I think it's a wonderful service that you're out there and promoting that, you know, you're promoting the importance of having these uh, being intentional in the experiences that you have as a young family and, um, and then talking about them and, and, you know, making sure that they're part of the family narrative. Um, and that actually leads me to a question. So 
you know, it sounds like, you know, you have this approach to family memories and it sounds like it probably comes natural to you. I don't know if that's how your family of origin was growing up, but now that you are working in the business of, of preserving stories and you have your own legacy business, has there been any kind of um, evolution in the way that you think about family memories or in, um, you know, how you think about recording them, preserving them, sharing them. I know that a lot of people approach this business with some romantic notions. You know, they think it's going to be wonderful to sit down and and um, talk to somebody about their their life. And I think that is absolutely true. I think once we get in, in that chair and we're, we're interviewing somebody, that meshes up with the, the idyllic um, viewpoint we have of it before we even start. But then you have to bring all of that material back to your desk and you have to, you know, you have to create something from that. So um, has your own experience with your family and creating these memories, has that changed or have uh, your ideas on how to help people create uh, projects from their memories changed at all? So absolutely. I mean, I've certainly learned and, and grown. I have a lot more to, to learn. Um, but it's, it's shifted my thinking in, in several ways. Although I will tell you, I'm certainly not as great at, you know, documenting the generational family stories as I would like to be, right? I haven't published books for my parents like I have for some other, you know, for clients, for example. Oh, neither have I. That's that's the plumber, like the plumber story. You know, they always have the broken sink at home. Right. Yep. So thank you. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Um, but I have gotten better and been really intentional about at least starting to gather some of the material and and share it. So while I haven't pulled things together and I haven't written narratives, I have been intentional about um, you know, using technology, which I think is one of our um, our strengths here in our family, is using technology to help you in documenting. So, um, photos as well as family stories and narratives. I'm the the keeper and curator of putting those all on a shared Google Drive. That all of my um, you know my parents and siblings. I'm number two of seven children. Um, that everybody can access and share. So anytime somebody sends a cute photo, um, you know, to, by group text to the family or by email, I will share that caption and that photo. I put it up in our shared drive. Um, and if someone sends a particularly significant email that, that reports on, um, or sometimes, you know, like my mom will send an expression of faith um, or an ex- a special experience she had and will send it. And I, I add that to, you know, her, her file on our shared drive of, you know, mom's stories or mom's testimony. Um, and so I'm gradually collecting. And as we've had grandparents pass away over the last uh, 10 years, we've, we've lost all of them. And oh, we, sorry. oh, thank you. Um, we, we were lucky. We had one of my grandmas until she was almost 101. And so we had a lot of wonderful memories. But but those things, then in preparation for the funerals, for example, everyone was sharing memories, right? And the people that prepared talks for the funeral, those had memories and the eulogy and all of that. I'm, I'm collecting and, and curating some of that information so that hopefully someday, if we ever get to a book, the information's there. But, but even if we don't get to that point, the information's available and we can share it with our children and I'm hope you know my nieces and nephews have access to that information. So 
those are some things that I've been pleased we've been able to make progress. And it really just takes one person who's going to step up and be that that organizational hub. You're the one who's curating, but you're not the only source of the material. People are sending you things. But if there's not somebody who's going to take the time to make it available to the bigger group, then all those things have their way of just finding their you know resting spots in little nooks and crannies that maybe someday somebody will find and maybe someday they won't. Um, and I'm speaking from experience here because I am I document things all the time, but unfortunately I do them in little notebooks and then I lose track of the notebooks and I usually have multiple notebooks going on at at the same time. (laughs) So I've never really, I've never really come on a system. And it really, um, it really drove it home for me recently because my youngest daughter just turned 18 um, about a month ago and she got her present. And then she looked at me all expectantly and, and, you know, with a smile as if something else was coming. I'm like, Zoe, no, you got your present. (laughs) And she said, Mom, isn't there something else? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, she had remembered that more than 10 years ago, because I know what house we were in when this happened, I had written a letter to each of my three kids. And I, um, it was about where they were in life at that point. And then on the outside of the envelope, I sealed them in envelopes, I put their names on it. And then I put do not open until and now I don't even remember what the year was, I think it was probably 2028. I I can't remember, but it was going to be after they were well into adulthood. And she had that in her memory. She remembered seeing those. And she thought that she was going to get her letter at 18. It was never intended for that. But the sad thing is, I have no idea where those letters are now, you know, so yeah, I mean, and so I have the impulse like you do to to kind of um, jot things down to, um, to be that to be that hub where I can gather these things, but I don't have the organizational skills that apparently you do. And um, that's, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Well, Google Drive, I, I love for that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, that's wonderful that you wrote that list. So maybe you need to write her a letter now. <laughs> um, right, exactly. You had mentioned Google Photos. And so I, I you know, we, we haven't even actually talked about Legacy Tale. And I do want to talk about that because you've got some Um, your business model, I find very interesting because you do both the custom product uh, projects, and then you also have some online products. And I think I read that your book about using Google photo is one of the most popular of your online books. Is that correct? It is. It's our most popular by far, actually, of our of our ebooks. Mm hmm. Okay, well, this is embarrassing. I feel like I'm pretty tech savvy, but I don't even know what Google Photos is. So can you, for for people out there who are either listening because they want to be doing their own family history or people who want another tool in their toolbox for for going out and doing other doing clients life stories can you tell us a little bit about Google Photos and and how we can make it work for us? Absolutely. So Google Photos is a free Google product. If you go to photos.google.com, all you need is a Gmail account, which most people have anyway. But if you don't have a Gmail account, you just set one up for free. Um, And it it is a repository, a library to store all of your photos. Um, It is unlimited free photo storage if you have them at a, a certain, at the recommended size. So if you want them you know, extra, extra large, if you're a professional photographer or something, you may want them stored at a higher resolution 
then um, Google Photos will give you for free. But if you're anything other than a professional photographer, we find that it's, you know, the quality, the resolution is fantastic for everything that we want to do at the free storage level. But you can also pay if you want more storage. Um, And what's fantastic is it's not just a storage repository, right? There are a lot of those out there. Um, But Google Photos is magic, Amy. It's incredible. So the search capabilities and the organization capabilities of Google Photos are beyond anything um, that anyone else offers. And again, it's all free. So we just can't recommend it enough. You, It stores photos and then you can search by a face. You can search by a location. You can search by anything in the picture. You can say, you know what? I know we took a picture that, that Christmas that Rebecca got a an American girl doll, but what year was that? I wonder what year that was, right? You don't remember the year you're going to go digging through your, your digital files of photos forever. If you're looking for that, right. Um, in Google photos, you can, you can put in, um, doll and it will pull up every photo that has a doll in it. Are you, and that's without having to, the need to tag the photos with a doll. You Correct. don't have to tag it and say doll. Correct. You have not tagged oh, anything. Wow. It's, um, you know, facial and other recognition capability is, um, frankly, a little bit scary, but, but it's very helpful. I was, I was thinking the same thing. Okay, I'm thinking, okay, this is my, I'm having squirrel brain right now, but I'm thinking about a, a neighbor in St. Louis who swore that their house was haunted. And she came down one time and showed me a picture that she had taken of her kids standing outside her mother's house. That that was one that was supposed to be haunted. Mm-hmm. And she, she showed me the just on the camera itself. She said, look, I told you. And it looked very much like there's ghosts in the background. So I'm just wondering, like Google photo, would, would it you, find ghosts? I wonder if that's something that'll pick up. Yeah. yeah, you could try it. Upload that and see if search ghost and see if it comes up. Um, oh, maybe we wouldn't want to know. Right. But it, it's fantastic. So doll, or you could search, um, you know, doll Christmas. If there's anything related to Christmas in the photo at all, um, a wreath, a Christmas tree, a nativity set, um, it pulls it up, or if it happens to be on a Christmas day, if you're if the date is Christmas, December twenty fifth, it would pull it up. Um, so you know, it's just really, really powerful. And like I said, facial recognition, um, it even works. So we we were uploading some old photos of <clears throat> of me when I was a brand new baby. So of my dad holding me on the day after I was born in nineteen seventy five. And then we have, of course, um, more current pictures of my dad. And so 40 plus years later, it recognizes the same man and groups those together. Oh, my God. Right. Wow. I don't know if that says more about your dad or about Google Photos. <laughs> He's not the only one it does it for, Amy. So um, it, it even if you, you know, if you started using Google Photos like we did when our kids were babies... It, it tracks their growth and recognition, right? Even from, you know, a day old baby to a 13 year old, it knows that's all the same person. Now, occasionally, if you don't start adding photos until they're older, and then you, you know, you scan in some from when they were a baby, sometimes you have to tell it that baby is the same person, and then it will always in the future match it up. But if you have them from the beginning all along, and it sees the progression, then it, it keeps them together automatically. So both for the current photos you're taking that are digital, as well as scanning photos in, 
it, it just organizes like nothing you've ever seen. And it makes your life so much easier. You're not digging through finding, you don't have to tag. It does all of this automatically. So let technology work for you. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Now, as you said, Amy, not, maybe not everybody knows what Google Photos is, number one, or now that you have an introduction or you've heard of it, say, okay, that's, that's great. But maybe you're intimidated or not quite sure, you know, exactly how to use all the bells and whistles. That's one of the things we found, actually. Some people are using it, but they um, really don't access its full capability. They don't know how to use everything that it can do. And that was why we ended up getting into the business of writing a book about how to use Google Photos. My husband's an IT tech guy who has a phenomenal gift for um, helping everyday people like me understand technology and use it to make their life easier. And so uh, he wrote this book that that has been quite popular um, about how to use. So Google Photos is free, but if you buy the book, it will help you um, more effectively use Google Photos to your advantage. So it's been fun to help people, you know, get excited on your phone, the computer, everything's seamless and synced between Google Photos. And here's the other thing. Um, you don't have to worry about using up all the storage on your phone, um, it will automatically, you know, just automatically backs up your photos. And so then you can say, clear off my phone and know that your photos are safe and you can still access them from your phone or from your computer anytime you have, you know, Wi-Fi or internet. So, and that works on, on um, Apple phones as well as Android. Absolutely. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. I definitely need to look at, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to get that book because like I said, I had never even heard of Google photos before, but it sounds like something that could be very helpful. I don't, again, not so organized. I have, you know, my photos somehow magically get uploaded and (laughs) they're in about five different places. And I'm sure half of them are, are replicate, you know, repeat photos. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the other thing. (laughs) That's a good. Yeah. It's, you know, it will help you clean that up and consolidate if you want. Uh, And I use it for clients too. So I'll set up a, you know, a a Google photos folder for, you know, different clients. So it'll be their name and then I can share it with them. So then they, they have access all the time to all the photos I've uploaded for them Um, that, you know, that I've scanned in old because it's typically old photos, right, that we're dealing with with clients. And uh, so it, it's it's fantastic. They love it too. Yeah. Well, thank you for that heads up. I'm, I'm going to look into that. Okay. Something else that I'm really curious about is most of the people, at least most of the people that I've ever met who um, are in the legacy business were, are solos. You know, most people don't have partners. You not only have a partner, but your partner is your husband. So I'm just wondering how that works. Um, and I, I think you, do you both do this full time? <clears throat> So we don't anymore, Amy. We did for a couple of years, um, and we're trying to make it, you know, work for our family full time, one hundred percent. And financially, that we didn't end up able to swing that one hundred percent. So, um, <clears throat> so we're part time on it now. But it's been honestly, you know, you say most people don't do that, and I never thought that we would be working full time. I never together. Um, we've been married 22 years. We just had our 22nd anniversary last week. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And I, you know, that was not something I ever envisioned, um, until it happened, but it was, it was really pretty organic and kind of serendipitous and ended up being a wonderful experience. Um, I mentioned that he has, you know, he worked for 20 years in corporate IT, so he can do everything from build websites to, um, you know, do digital marketing and, and, um, you know, Facebook ads and things like that. And he's, he's a great content marketer as well. So in terms of helping with the, the blog content, 
whatnot. He did all of that, or not all of that. We shared the blog piece, but the the technical side of things was all his, as well as any advertising. And um, the personal historian piece was all me. So the interviewing and the writing was my area of expertise. And as you mentioned, such an enjoyable, wonderful piece to sit down with folks and learn about their lives. Everybody has such amazing stories, even when they think they don't. Um, so I love that. And that's been so, so rewarding. So that piece was, was my area of expertise. And then he helped with the technology side and still does. So well, let me ask you this. Does he, um, I don't know if he does any kind of freelancing, but I know of um, that can be one of the, the hurdles that people are really afraid to try to jump over when they're getting into this business. And that is setting up a website. Um, does he, and your website is gorgeous. I, I think it's, oh, it's beautiful. It's incredibly well done. Does he do websites on the side? He does. He does do that kind of work and, and freelances. So absolutely. If, if you know okay. folks are interested um, website as well as like I said, um, if anybody's at the stage that they're wanting to do, you know, online marketing, advertising or, that kind of thing. He does that as well. Well, I'm definitely going to have to put his information in the show links too, because I know one person specifically who, um, it, well, it's, it's a common scenario. You know, you, you try to build a website yourself and if you have never done it before, um, you know, it, it's supposed to be a lot easier than it is. And then you can get so hung up on little things and you're just spinning your wheels. You've, and you're not really being productive. You're not doing, you're not going out there and actually, you know, getting the projects. You're not out there recording people's stories because you're hung up on something that you really shouldn't be doing yourself. So yeah, that, that's good to know that he, um, he is familiar with the industry and he's a good IT guy. So I mean, it was wonderful to not have to worry about that technical side of things. I'm very, felt very grateful. So yes, if there are folks that want help with that hurdle, that'd be wonderful. So a couple other things that I want to talk about. Um, you have something on your, uh, your custom books. You have something that you say is an interactive book. Tell us a little bit about what that is. So <laughs> we have really been trying to sort of bridge the generation gap are a lot of the folks that we do books for, right? These personal custom clients, like you mentioned, Amy, are older and they want that actual book in their hand. And I'm a book person, honestly. I love, love, love real books and these heavy, beautiful books in your hand. And um, But we want their grandchildren to be excited about learning about their lives too. And so we started trying to talk about how to integrate technology into a traditional book. And like I said, because I have this, this talented hubby, he's, he said, well, you know, we could, um, we could link, you know, video content or audio content from the book. So, so basically uh, what he started doing was um, embedding links to um, video or audio right into photos in the books that we do. So um, you install a free app that's scan like a free scanning app on your phone, the same kind that you would use like to scan um, items in the grocery store. If anybody does that right, they want to look up, mm-hmm. um, you know, prices or things like that. And so you just use that, you have that scanner app on your phone and you sit there with grandma's book and you scan that photo and built into it is a code that pulls up content that we've uploaded to YouTube or somewhere or Vimeo that is, um, you know, um, my grandma at age 98 playing hopscotch with my kids, a video that I captured. 
of that. And there's a still picture in the book, um, but you can access the video of that by using your phone scanning from the hard book. Oh, I love that idea. I love that idea. So um, it's, it's re- you know, everybody always, always has their cell phone in their hand anyhow. So you're basically sitting there with a book, but every once in a while, when you turn the page, there's going to be something that's identified as a link to take you to a different form of media. Is that right? That's right. That's exactly right. So, you're, yep, you're sitting there with a the book and then, yes, one of this photo has, oh, has content behind it and you pull your phone out and, and snap it with a scanner and then up on your phone comes that, that video that you get to watch together. And those are precious times pulling up those videos because, you know, one of the things that, that got us started on this was, um, I'll tell a quick story if that's okay, Amy. Um, yes, please. The one night I was putting my daughter to bed, she was... Oh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe five or six or something at the time. And, um, usually, you know, we do stories and songs and she sort of out of the blue started asking me about, um, my grandmother who had passed away years before she was born, not the one that lived to be a hundred, the other one. And she'd been gone a long time and my daughter had never known her. And, um, you know, she asked me what she looked like and I described her and, um, and then she said, you know, what did she sound like? What was her voice like? And that really caught me off guard. And next thing I knew, tears were streaming down my face because I really couldn't remember what my beloved grandmother sounded like. And that kind of broke my heart because, you know, I loved her so much and we had been so close and I couldn't remember what her voice sounded like. And I didn't want that to happen with anyone that I still had access to recording their voice or recording how they, how they move, right. How they, um, how they embrace my kids or held my babies when they were little and, um, things that, you know, you can't capture everything in a still photo. And so that's how we started incorporating video and audio into our books is so that we can, we can remember how they sound. And I found that it's, it's priceless, not just for those older people who have passed on and aren't with us anymore, but, Amy, can I tell you how incredible it is for me as a mother to have these videos in my books of my kids when they were babies, right? One of my very favorite ones that for both my kids and I is to, um, when my daughter was born, the first night we brought her home from the hospital, I walked in to the dark room where I had put her to bed in the bassinet and my three-year-old son was in there singing to the baby in the bassinet. On the first night home from the hospital, it was precious, as you can imagine. I mean, so precious. Thankfully, as you said, I had my phone in my pocket and I, you know, surreptitiously got part of that song on video and I had forgotten what his three-year-old voice sounded like. I had forgotten what it felt like to capture that moment, Um, but I can relive it now through that video. I absolutely understand what you're saying because the se- the sense of smell is very primordial, right? I mean that that can take us 
in a split instant that can take us back to a time or a place when we smell something. Um, But I think that the sound of a voice is not far behind. I mean, it is incredibly powerful. And I I just know that from having um, little snippets of recordings, because I I was a little bit better about doing sound recordings with my kids and keeping track of them. And I know exactly what you mean. You know, my, my oldest daughter, who's now 21, and her voice is you know, her voice is smoothed out, but when she was five, she sounded like a little gin drinking, cigarette smoking, eighty year old because it was all gravelly, and and it was it was part of her personality, and it was something that people would react to. And when I hear her on um, on tape recordings, I I love that, and the fact that you're. Um, that you're incorporating this into a book. So, you know, what we do as the story, as people who preserve stories, we're bringing together a whole bunch of disparate things, right? Memories, um, photos. uh, So people, people's spoken stories about things. And the reason we do that is to have it all in one place so that it's, it's a better experience for the person who's reading the book or, or watching the video, but also um, it's to uh, it's to make sure that those things don't go astray. And that's what you're doing with these books. You know, you're, you don't have to go search out for where you had the, the voice recordings and maybe you'll get to it and maybe you won't. It's going to be right there in the book. I love that idea. Right. Cause, cause you're right. We can't keep track of all these different things. So that's, that's exactly the, the point, Amy is keep it there together where we will access it and use it and have, have that gift right at hand. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the, um, the services that you offer with legacy tell, um, you have some eBooks. We already talked about the Google photos eBook. And then I think you do at least one, if not more online courses. And then you also have a membership site. So can you tell us just a little bit about those and why you decided to go in that direction? Absolutely. So, you know, as you mentioned, we did start out in the more traditional personal history space and doing custom custom work and still do some of that and find it extraordinarily rewarding. But we also were trying to grow the business in a way that would support our family and that was scalable, right? When you are sitting down one-on-one in those interviews, as much as I love them, there's only so much you can do, <laughs> right? Right. It's, um, and, and it's dependent. It's, you're, work is dependent on you personally, right? I mean, doing that. And so um, it's not very scalable. And we, we were really trying to think of ways that we could um, grow the business and grow income uh, that was not tied so closely to an hourly responsibility. And that was where we got the idea of having digital products. I mean, certainly not a new idea, but um, we decided to try growing that because number one, um, it wasn't so tied to our specific time, but also, you know, we meet folks who are interested in this kind of work, but perhaps don't have the resources to pay someone to do it. Or even if they do, they really want to try to give it a go themselves. So these do it yourselfers um, don't want full service, but maybe they need a little bit of guidance, right. On how to go about doing this. And so that was really the, the idea behind our digital resources, um, was to to give them help, and so we have uh, ebooks that are, um, you know, how to how to write your uh, and publish your personal history, 
um, yes, how to use Google Photos. We have a whole um, set of, of eBooks that are writing prompts and instructions for writing at each at various stages of your life. You can buy them as a whole set or just individual mini eBooks. Um, <clears throat> and that's some of the, that's kind of the idea behind the, the self-guided course online too. So it's a, look, I want to, I want to write my life story, but I don't know how to go about it. And I need, um, you know, I need guidance. And so the membership is, is basically a self-guided course and access to the resources at your own pace that will um, walk you through the kinds of questions you want to be answering, whether you're doing it for yourself or for someone else, the kinds of photos you want to be using, how to, how to digitize photos, how to edit and, um, you know, compile your history, how to go about printing, whether that's traditional printing or electronic. So those are the kinds of, of digital resources we have. We also have a, a video course that is, um, I got some feedback, Amy, that, and I'm sure you've heard this too from some folks that, especially those who want to do it themselves, they get really overwhelmed. They're like, you know, telling my whole life story, like, that's crazy. And that could take years and, and it can sometimes. So it seemed like there was a need or a desire for kind of a shortcut course, right? If we're not going to, is there a way to tell important pieces of our, of our life story, um, in a way that, that hits the highlights and the pieces that will be most compelling or useful, both for the storyteller as well as for those who will um, read and, and enjoy that. And so this kind of have a shortcut course um, focused on four key questions. So suggesting that if you address these four key questions, you'll capture the most important um, facets of, of who you are and of the legacy that you want to leave in that and is that course also done by video? So you have uh, um, video and other teaching materials or what does that look like? Right. So that is um, a video and yes, other teaching materials. So handouts and, and course materials that you work through while you watch the video or in between and after. Mm -hmm. It sounds like both of those things would be beneficial for somebody who is just getting their feet wet with with um, having a life story business and doing life stories for other people. Because if if you've created these, not just for people who want to write their own life story, but for family members, you know, recording their family members' life stories, then that could be easily extrapolated to be doing it for strangers um, uh, as a career. Is that correct? Yes, I do think it would be useful, um, particularly... Well, well, yes, I guess it depends on the scope of the projects you're wanting to do. If you're wanting to do a, you know, a more full scale, then absolutely the, um, you know, I've got the more extended um, set of, of eBooks and then the, the condensed version. If, if someone wants more of a condensed version, it's got, yeah, the video course and then the, um, all the writing steps and writing worksheet and timeline worksheet um, designed for a more condensed. Most people, when they first get into it, you're, you're, trying to figure out exactly where your clients are and you're trying to figure out exactly what kind of offerings you want to have make available. And usually that means saying pretty much yes to, you know, if somebody wants a really small project or if they want a big project. So I can see it all, I can see it all being very useful for somebody who's, um, uh, who's doing this uh, as, you know, for clients, for paying clients. So that's good to hear about. Um, Thank you. Well, this has been wonderful talking to you. Any future plans for Legacy Tale? Are you going to anything new on the horizon? You know, we've um, we've enjoyed doing um, Ben and I, my husband and I, did a you know a live 
course and webinar um, in conjunction with Thomas McKenty. I don't know if you know him. Um, and Genealogy Bargains, he he has quite a following and helped us put on a, a live course on photo organizing that was really successful. And we hope to do some more of that kind of thing. I really love um, sort of live workshops and retreats. And I've had a dream of a, of a women's retreat, almost a mother daughter or friend retreat where we um, help, help women capture the stories of their family and of their own life, both for the benefit that it will be for their families, but also for the healing and therapeutic kinds of benefits that, you know, and I, I heard you talk about that in another podcast. Um, and so I, I love being able to interact with folks one-on-one. I, I do some conferences and whatnot, um, but that's a place I'd love to grow in the kind of motivational speaking related to this kind of work is exciting to me. Well, good. We're going to have to watch out for that. Um, good luck with it. It, it sounds pretty interesting. Um, so where can people reach you? Where can they find the products and the different services that you offer? So LegacyTale.com, tale like fairy tale, LegacyTale.com. And I did want to mention, Amy, that there's a lot of free content on the site too. So folks are getting started. If you um, There's how to interview blog content that's free. If, if folks are looking at some tips about how to interview others, um, there's a lot about um, how to digitize photos and, you know, we'd love you to buy the products, but there's also a lot of free content that I think would be helpful that, that we'd love to direct folks there. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And good luck going forward with this. Thank you, Amy. And good luck with what you're doing. I love that you are being a coach to folks in the personal history space. I think you're filling a need and appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. That does it for our talk with Hillary Robeson of Legacy Tale. For links to everything that we mentioned and for a 20% off coupon code for Legacy Tale products, head over to thelifestorycoach.com and look for episode 25. And please help spread the word by leaving a review on iTunes. Until next time, go out and save someone's story.